0: seeking at all times, or quite a lot of the time, then you know there's an imperative in place that there's something off or something's wrong, and that's trying to get relief. But uh, there is a little catch-22. If what's wrong is the system itself, then any solutions from the system will probably not work, yeah? So I would say the system is a a thought and interpretive system called self-centeredness. And it's a very apt description. It's centered on the idea of being a self, you know. And there's a, a workable definition I like from Buddhism, from a very small sect of Buddhism called. Uh, it's the feeling of being an independent, lost, long-lasting, separate entity. Yes, sort of like an island unto yourself, and how um, how that frames every way we look, yeah. And when, we look, and when we think about something we've looked at, we frame, it's doubly framed, yeah? The framing is, 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 the looking is a form of the frame, the observation of the looking is a form of the frame, the critiquing of the looking is a form of the frame, yes? The self-frame or self-centeredness is defining most of our mental interpretive activities. I'd say all of them, really, yeah? So you may feel these movements, but you don't usually see the frame that's giving them their meaning. So a simple example. I remember when I was young, I was about 11 years old, and I was walking through the hallway at school one day, and a pretty girl said hello to me, and I went and, and went home and wondered what she meant by it for five hours. Yeah. Now all that wondering for those five hours was based in self-centeredness. The only way I could look at it was how it pertained to me. Yeah. The only way I could look at that event when I went over it with a fine tooth comb, which I did, which my mind did. I tried to get every angle I could possibly take and figure out does she like me, does what does it mean, try to yeah. read the tea leaves of that one little event. Every bit of that investigation was framed by self centeredness. The only way I could view it is how it pertained to me. I couldn't view it in a certain in a a wider lens. I saw it in a certain structure and I can't see outside that structure. Self-centeredness. And the seeing in that structure is really a form of looking called self-centeredness. Which I say is a form of blindness, really. You're blind to the seeing, the natural or the the raw data of what's going on, which is consciousness in contact with things. through. Feeling and smelling and tasting and touching and we see thoughts like you, your eyes see the bird fly by the window. We see thoughts in our mind. Yeah? so the mind is like a sixth sense. So those senses are the doorway where consciousness experiences things yeah I would say that's the basis of living like Buddha said uh, supposedly said, when you see see, when you hear hear, when you feel feel, when you taste, taste, and when you touch, touch. Very simple, eh? When, you see, when you're seeing, see, you know? You get that sense of seeing. When you're hearing, get the sense of hearing. When you're feeling, get the sense of feeling. What happens very quickly in self-centeredness is this system of thought. and interpretation claims to be the seer. Yeah, it claims to be the feeler. It claims to be the hearer. It claims to be the taster and the toucher or whatever, the smeller. Yes. And so when the, it ha- when that happens, then the seer or the hearer gets emphasized, and what's seen or what's heard gets emphasized, but the seeing is forgotten. So the demonstration of consciousness is forgotten, and then the the name and form our mental process gives it is emphasized. So, I'm the seer, and that's the form I'm seeing, and I'm really concerned about this, but I don't even sense the consciousness, the event of consciousness being conscious, yeah? What's going to happen if you're not aware of that? Well, this, I'd say, is the situation we find ourselves in. We've lost the awareness or the... The acknowledgement of that conscious contact, and we're really, really engaged. Not it's not me or you. The mind's really, really engaged in this interpretation of see and seen, and hear her and heard, and feeler and felt. Yeah? yeah. And I would say that is the root cause of the irritability, restlessness, and discontent that a lot of people are living in. That are, is causing seeking to abound. You know. Constantly looking. And it's so strong that sometimes you'll find something that works and you'll just ride right over it. Yeah? You may enjoy it for a day or two, then you're on to the next book, you know, or the next person, or the next experience, yeah? or the next posture, or the next you know, whatever, philosophy. Because it's like an, it's like an engine, that's, that's it's like a runaway train in a sense. You're, you're actually on it, you're not, conduct, you're not driving it anymore. It's taking you with it, yeah? Your interest and attention is sort of wedded to that train because all of its chew choo chew, chewing is about seemingly you, yeah? And so the attention and interest can't get off the train because it's really entranced, what's going to happen? <laughs> what's going to happen to me? On this runaway train, you know what I mean? Am I gonna find heaven? Am I gonna find the one? Am I gonna find this? And And so, no matter all the evidence contrary, you never pull the emergency brake to get off. You're just hoping for it's a lot of magical thinking happens and all like this and that goes on. (laughs) But you gotta, instead of seeing that, see what's driving it, what's causing me not to be able to enjoy. Let's say I have a girlfriend but as soon as I quote-unquote have a girlfriend, I'm actually looking for another girlfriend, like a better version of it. I won't tell her that I am, because that I would lose that girlfriend, but I'm basically in the pursuit of maybe something better. I'm still open. You know, <laughs> I'm open for something better to arrive. Yeah, and this goes on and on and on incessantly. And you would think that if you actually hit an object that could satisfy you, there would be a, a, a cessation... Or, or slowing down of that engine. Wouldn't you? You would. I would say so. I would, that's the assumption. That's what drives us in some ways, or the logic behind it, is that when I do find that thing that's going to complete me or fulfill me, I'll chill out. How's that worked? It doesn't seem to work. You know? It tends to sort of actually throw a couple more uh, shovels of coal into the engine, firing on, and so there it goes. You know? Now, the dilemma is, you can have a great understanding about why you're fucked, but you'll still be fucked. Yeah, that's the tricky thing, because if you're identified with the system of thought and interpretation... Which its basic premise it's there's a you, you know, this feeling of being a long lasting independent separate entity. That comes from the mental activity of claiming. So every action is claimed as yours, you know, a thought is claimed as yours, feelings are your feelings, problems are your problems, money is your money. So that move that that word my is like the bridge that sort of bonds you to the activities, you know. And all we think is if we could get better ones and different activities, it would work. But the formula really is flawed. It doesn't work, obviously. Because if this thing could lead you and and arrive at happiness, joyousness, and freedom, it should have already. You know, it's been given plenty of time, hasn't it? I mean, mean, if it was a business, it would have been bankrupt 20, 30 years ago. But because it has a huge advertising campaign, and the advertising campaign is around you, yeah? You don't see the, the, the failedness of the system, yeah? You're still hoping it's someday it's going to get really great when I just get this or do that or have this or a Savior enters my life. Well, every savior is going to fail you if he's a true Savior or she's a true Savior because that's what a Savior's best service would be is to fail you so you do that with yourself. So you'd have to look inside where you are and find the solution, not on the outside, but from the inside. On the outside, you can get invitations and suggestions and pointers and indications, but there's no solution in the outside. You're the solution. And also, conversely, in a sense, you're the problem. Because what enlivens the self-centered system isn't the system itself, it's your interest and attention. It's sort of like the movie isn't that good, but the audience makes it so. Yeah. So when you're thinking it's all about you, it's like five star. You know. I mean, you try to sell your melodramas to other people, they're bored in a minute, but you're just totally entranced. And how bad is it going to get for Paul? You know. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! I hope it's not as bad as the last time, but I have a suspicion it may be, and I just can't keep my eyes off the cat you know, on the screen. This is obsession with self. Eh? Sure, watch it. And why are you obsessed with self? Somehow, all of those gymnastics of mind assume, or infer, or imply that there's a you involved, and there's a cherishing of that idea of being a you by the mind. Yeah, That's, they use that word a lot in Buddhism: cherishing of self. It's a very good description. It's not like you're bonded to something. You're like the, you're you're applying the glue in a way you are very interested in you. <laughs> why? Because it's you. It's not because it's great or special, it's just because it's you. And that's why we're questioning, is that you, you? If it isn't, what happens? You'll find out. But that's where we can start is entertaining the possibility, hey, maybe I'm not the thinker of these thoughts, you know? Maybe I'm not the thinker of the thoughts, maybe I'm not the feeler of these feelings. Maybe I don't have problems, they're just problems. Yeah? But they're not my problems. In other words, I haven't adopted them. Yeah? I haven't, you know... <laughs> I haven't taken ownership of them. I'm attempting to live life through them. Yeah? So this, I found, that the difficult part with trying to get out of self is that you may be identified as self. So when self tries to get out of self, it fails. Yeah? And that, it's an obvious reason why... How can the problem leave and get to the solution? Yeah, it would actually infect the solution with the problem. Yeah, so when you find the solution, I bet you it's going to turn into a problem. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you can possibly entertain, hey... This is just a system and thought and interpretation. It's sort of like an activity where the mind all day, by by living under this assumption of my, is giving everything the meaning it has. So there's a bottle, but then when it's my bottle, it has another meaning than just a bottle. It has the meaning of inferring or implying that there's a someone who has the bottle. Yeah? So a problem, instead of being a problem, when it's my problem, it's also being given the meaning to Imply or point to the phantom who has the problem. A thought, when it's my thought, that gives that thought points to that there's a thinker of that thought. Yeah? So you see how everything that becomes obvious in our field of awareness or consciousness, the mental process claims it and tries to give it an, a meaning or an intent, which is to point to you. Because there isn't a you that it can point at but it can point to a you, yeah? But there isn't a you that it can point at. Yeah. There isn't a you that it can point at, but it can point at a you, yeah? It just keeps pointing at, and then the mind makes up the you, yeah? And it gets into the habit now that it's been pointing at so many times, it's almost second nature, a very strong habit that as soon as there's an action, there's a sense that you did it. As soon as there's a thought, there's a sense you're the thinker of it. As soon as there's a feeling, uh-oh, I'm the feeler of it. And not just that, I felt this before. <laughs> I felt this one before. I thought this before. So not only are you bound here, you're histor- in this little fantasy, you're historically bound. Yeah. Because everything is refelt. As if you felt it in the past. That's what they use the word resentment means. The word resentment means to re-feel. <clears throat> so everything is re-thought, re-felt, re-critiqued, re-opinionated, yeah? It's the same thing. And in that way, it gets to, it produces a historical like edifice. A, 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 a historical person which is really enforces the sense or convincing the sense that you're that person now. Yeah. So if you can see what the mind's doing, then maybe that quality of seeing could be what you are. Yeah? If you could see what the mind's doing, yes, we have the capability of seeing. Yeah? If you could see what the mind's doing, then maybe one of those times you're seeing what the mind's doing, there'll be the emphasis on the seeing, and you may just be that. You may be that which is seeing what the mind's doing, instead of being the the consummation of that one part of mind that you're seeing, that you're the whole thing. No, you may be the seeing of that. So, if you see one part of the selfing, it can expand to all the parts of the selfing and distilled into, hey, I'm not that. I don't know what I am. I I would say I must be pretty close to what's seeing this, because... I haven't seen anything get behind the seeing of anything. <laughs> I haven't seen anything get behind the seeing of anything. So i said, maybe I'm the seeing, maybe I'm of no thingness, you know, which means I don't have form or property, so I can't really do a composite drawing of the seeming character that's being convicted or released, you know, all day <laughs> in my head. I can't, it's not like the police artist doing it. I can't, I don't have a picture of me. I don't have a mental picture of me but what I do have is the incessant example of seeing yeah and if you believe that the longer you're here makes the more makes it more real that you are here well what's here the longest or always is the seeing yeah so if you're looking for historicalness or continuity I would say the continuity is in the is in seeing not in what's being seen yeah because what's being seen changes quite a lot, but the seeing doesn't. Doesn't. The worst nights in your life were brought to you by seeing, yeah? and the best nights in your life <clears throat> were brought to you by seeing, and the humdrum ordinariness of a day has been brought to you by seeing, and that, ex- that like exalted moment has been brought to you by seeing. Everything is brought to us by seeing. So if we are of everything, I would say the everything that we are of is of obscene, not of individual, unique, long-lasting, independent, separate entities. And yet this will go on, but I find that it goes on in a much lighter version when it's been relieved of being the doer and the haver and the thinker and the mover and the shaker and the controller and the god and everything like that, yes? When all of these... Uh, responsibilities are taking over its frail shoulders, taking off its frail shoulders, it tends to travel a lot lighter. Yeah, And then mind is less, less apt to be agitated so it can just reflect. It's sort of like when I go to this beach, there's a lagoon there. And the lagoon, when you're driving, it's usually, if you you want to have a precursor of what may be happening in the water by how rough the lagoon is. You know, see if there's a lot of wind going on in the day. You may get a sense of the, the winds on the lagoon. And when the wind's on the lagoon, or when you look at the lagoon, all you see is the surface agitation. That's all you can see, yeah? The other quality that it has, you don't see at all. But when you drive and you go by that lagoon and it's calm... Then you see another quality you never, never entertain it has when it's agitated, which is it can reflect. Yeah. So the trees that are around it are being reflected in it. The sky is being reflected in it. The clouds in the sky are reflecting in it. Yeah. But when that surface is agitated, you don't know it has that quality, and your attention is drawn to the agitation. You're not. You're just looking at all the texture and everything like that, and you think it's a real, almost like a solid thing. You know. Look at all that. All that uh, movement and everything. But when it's chilled out, then it does its other aspect is reflective ability. It can reflect. And that's what mind is like, right? So mind, when it is unagitated, and I believe selfing is totally agitated, yeah? The mental process of selfing is based on agitation. It's trying to become, and it's trying to unbecome all day. Yeah? It's not at rest. When have you been a completed uh, urban renewal project? When? When has your mind said, you're just fine, just exactly as you are, mm-hmm. not after 800 affirmations, but I mean maybe months of time. How long, when has that ever broken? Yeah. It's always, let's get on with it. Better, farther, farther, go, move, farther, <laughs> on and on. It's like incessant, isn't it? Yeah. But, so selfing is agitated. It's in the the movement to become, and also it's in the movement to unbecome. So if it has a belief that it's a loser, it wants to unbecome that. It wants to make sure no one finds that out. And visibly it wants to become a winner. Yes? So it's constantly agitated. So your surface of mind is agitated. So when your attention or awareness goes back to it, all you see is the surface activity, which is selfish. And that activity of selfing implies what? There's a self. So the mind, when it sees this, it sees it. The agitation, yeah. It takes it. It takes the message the agitation is delivering, which is there is someone who's agitated. Yeah. I'm seeing my face right now, and I'm not enough. I'm never going to be loved. I've always been this way whatever baloney it runs, yeah? But let's say, so that, that self thing is never going to find rest because its nature is agitation, Yeah. You know? But let's say there's another aspect of mind which isn't, let's say, self-centered. Let's say it's centered, yeah? That mind is already complete. It's not here to become anything or unbecome anything. It's not attempting to achieve Being, it is being, yeah? It's not in this format, I'm going to do and have myself into being. It's not buying that because it already is, yeah? So in that completion, it's calm. And its ability to reflect is available, yeah? And now it's reflecting, let's say the open sky, which is very, very large and empty. And so you get that sense of space and presence while you're living your daily affairs, yeah? But you have this influence you weren't having while you were obsessed with that agitation on the surface. You have another, much deeper understanding that actually is applicable to traveling lighter every day. You can t- some people uh, try to explain it like they sense a presence. Yeah, you know? they sense light, if only big or clarity or just a sense of love or contentment. For me, it's like a, a contentment a contentment, and the ability to enjoy peace of mind. So when peace of mind is available, which I believe it always is, there's the ability to enjoy it. See, its availability doesn't matter if it's always there, if you're not. It really doesn't. When you hear, oh, everything is perfect, but it's not that case for you, in a sense, it doesn't mean a damn thing if everything is perfect for you. So, in in a sense, it's your experience that's going to validated in a way. And I find that if that self, that idea that's always being inferred or implied is questioned and then you see that the leap from your conditional mind from the pointer to the moon, which is what happens, like it says in Zen, the, you know, all these teachings are pointing to the moon. Don't fall for the pointer. yeah. But this thing, in the, in the, in the religion of selfing, it's the same way. There's all of these pointers Pointing to the false moon. But you never see the moon. You make a leap from seeing all the pointers. Oh, there's a moon. Yeah. So actions. Oh, there's a doer. Ah, I'm the doer. And I was the doer. And you know what? Get ready, guys up there. I'm going to be the doer. Woo! Just run and think about what I'm going to do. And what's going to happen. <laughs> and so the self thing, it's like it's, it's in this kennel that's just one long tunnel from past to future. Yelping away, and your your mind is so agitated because you're trying to follow all your seeming trajectories. How I was, how I am, how I will be. What I don't want to be, what I think I am, what I want to be, but what I really believe I am. All this stuff. It's like sign, you know, like ordering a subscription to a magazine that you, that sucks, but it comes every fucking week. you know what I mean? and you're drawn to read it because it says the magazine about Paul okay and it's the same products and and, oh I can't I hate this next month next week oh you're in it again oh it's so boring oh it's about me it's about me (laughs) (laughs) so I notice like when I'm driving let's say my head's doing its thing it's talking yeah up there at least it's usually in the ballpark of today, <laughs> before it was far out. usually has some, some semblance of relevance, you know, a little bit. Maybe just a thread, but it's at least a little bit. So there's that. And then there's a, 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 some of the attention that's available is on that. But what happened was there was a shift in the amount of attention that gets, yeah? And so there's a large amount of attention that's not on that, yeah? It's sort of resting on the awareness of that, yeah? And that's the freedom from that. It's just a shift of attention and interest. As soon as it passes 51%, you've won in a Yeah? You're going to travel lighter on a stabilized level, and then maybe it'll grow to 80%, whatever. It doesn't matter because you'll lose interest in progress, in the sense. Seriously. <laughs> you'll be really enjoying the relief or the absence of that incredible obsession with this idea of self. Yeah? You know? And it just moves over. And I found why it won't move over is because the interest and the attention is sort of programmed to go to whatever you think is about you. So if the thought system is all about you and you're identified as that you, then the attention and interest is going to keep going to the thought system. Yeah? No matter how much it's driving you crazy, it will keep driving you crazy for the, for the main imperative, cannot be broken. It's like those ro- the laws of robotics. A robot will not kill a human, you know what I mean? In a sense, the, the laws of attention and interest, it's going to go to whatever you think it is. you. yeah. And it doesn't matter how much philosophy you throw in there, it'll just keep going back to you. All about you, all about you. But if it ain't you that it's all about, the interest and attention gets freed, and now goes other places. Yeah, and that's what you'll find out. I can't say where it's going to go because to me it doesn't go to a place. It goes to something, it goes nowhere in a way. But that same attention that was driving me crazy is now enriching my life. It's just a shift of where it goes. And I found you will lose interest in selfing when it's not about you, I'm telling you, because it's boring. It's truly boring. Yeah. I, I always use this example because it, it worked for me. I'm here and I have an agenda. I like to meet a babe, you know, in the and of course I saw a babe go to another meeting in this room, so I'm here, he is seemingly here, but I'm actually my attention is over here. I'm hoping that of course she's gonna talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very interested in hearing what she has to say about me because I wanna see hey, I, now can I ask her out? Do you know, what I mean I wanna have my, my bets hedged. I don't wanna get rejected, you know. So I'm, I'm sitting here doing supposedly what I'm supposed to be doing, but my attention is kind of x ray vision, you know, hearing this thing. Yeah? I'm trying to listen as incredible as possible. And finally, yeah, she says something, but it's, it's and she, and she, I'm really keen. And then she's talking about a guy named Matt. My name is Paul. What happens? I lose interest immediately. Yeah? As soon as I hear that it's not about me, I don't have to do anything to have that shift occur. My attention leaves. that that conversation in another room. I don't have to pull it away. I don't have to take a retreat on how to lose interest in conversations in another room. I don't have to read a book about how to lose interest in conversations in another room. I just lose interest in that conversation. Why? Because it wasn't about me. That's exactly what happens up here. If you can entertain these thoughts aren't about me, these feelings aren't mine, then you'll lose interest in it. You'll not lose interest or attention. You'll lose interest in attention and of of that. But the attention and interest will go somewhere else. And I find that it will enrich my life. That's what's happened to me. Where the same interest and attention was enslaving me quite a lot to this wheel of constantly seeking and the need to be liberated and all this stuff. So it's really pragmatic in a way. You just recognize... Alright, what's the honeypot that's drawing all those bees? You know what I mean? It's sort of like, what light is attracting all those mental moths? Yeah? <laughs> if that light ain't the sun, then what can happen? It can be screwed out, and there it goes. What happens? Do the moths keep going towards that light? No. They go to other light. Yes? They, didn't, they weren't beholden to that light. They were just taking it to be the sun, or you. Once it's screwed out and they realize it's not you, they just go, attention goes other places. And that attention usually will enrich your life, not enslave it, yeah? Just like we say in recovery, you'll lose interest in yourself and gain interest in others. When, you're, when you gain interest in others, that brings a little bit of lightness into your life, yeah? You get relieved of the bondage of self. That's exactly what happens. Yeah? But the tricky thing is, self can't get out of self. So when you try to lose interest in you, that's being very interested in you. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get out of it. You can, it's a tricky little maneuver. That's, that's a second little lock it has, which is, yeah, you may feel like you really want to leave me, but ha, 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 you ain't going anywhere, because every time you leave, you're going to be leaving as me. <laughs> and I'm going to really drive you crazy by remembering this mythical time when I felt real freedom once, only a short second or two, like 12 years ago, you're going to try to redo that. Like they say <laughs> in AA, you do your first shot of drugs, you've every other shot's just trying to capture that first release. Well, the same thing, you have one of those peak experiences, and that peak experience is used to crucify you for the reasons why you're not in the peak experience anymore. Because obviously it has something to do with you while you're not in the peak experience, see? So the greatest absence of you in your life will be used to to magnify your presence. It's fucking incredible. It really is. It really is, man. You think you're out and yet you're in. <laughs> because every way you move is already defined. It's programmed. Do you ever see that Matrix movie? When the first one was great, the second and the third one <clears throat> suck, I think. Yeah. But the third one, the uh if you don't know, it's they're in, living in a dream in a sense, that the, this computer-generated dream, and humans are basically used for like uh, ever-ready batteries. You know, their, their energy is running the dream, so to speak. So then they have a guy who's sort of, they think some of the people that have salt supposedly woken up think this one guy is like the one, you know, this guy. So they... They want to test him, and he, and he finds out he's like the one. He's going to be the savior, in a sense. He's going to be the one that's going to lead everyone to wake up. So he has this meeting with uh, a projection of the computer program called the architect, yeah? Who's, and, he's, and then Nemo comes in, and there's all these cameras, these TV screens with Nemo, or Keanu Reeves. He's a terrible actor, but he's, he's on every one of the screens, Yeah. And he's got this little long black thing. And he's, and you can see that he's sort of getting into the identification as the one. You know, he's missing things and stopping bending bullets and everything. He's getting into it. And then the architect starts telling him what's going on. And he says, oh yeah, yeah, you're like the seventh savior in the computer. It's been a glitch we figured out a long time ago. And we've morphed right around it. And you can sort of see him like, what? I'm not the one? No, you're number seven. We've dealt with you many times. You know, you're, you're a minor little fucking irritation in this computer. Nothing's gonna change. <laughs> I love that message. <laughs> you mean number seven? What happened to the other six? <laughs> Nothing's gonna change. Everything's included. The system Mm -hmm. walks around everything. Self, not getting out of self. Yeah. So how to freaking trick it, in a sense? Well, let's say the transcendent point is right here. In a sense, being totally okay about being here right now is probably the biggest threat to that system of thought and interpretation. Because its whole thing is this moment, and you in it is not enough. This whole thing is about progress, yeah? Constant moving, developing, more, bigger, better. And for when the system stops and there's an appreciation of this going on, I would say is the biggest threat to the whole system. Yeah. The adaption of the system I was in for a long time was addiction. And most of the drive, the last place I wanted to be was right where I was. I wanted to get out of my skin at all costs, every day. I did not want to be conscious because what I would be conscious of would be too much, like all the past and all the future. Because in the moment of time I was in, was bookended by there and then. I was was living in and as a mental here. And I didn't realize the solution was right here, but not in the mental here, yeah. but right here. Yeah? And so the real transcendence is not going anywhere. The only way you can transcend an imaginary system is not to move in a way. Once you try to transcend it, that's part of being in the system. You are moving away is being in. Yeah? And self is generated constantly to move away, to unbecome and become all the time. Yeah, So, that second one was really important to me, because I would hear the message, hey, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. And it would sound like that, but how it was translated was, I can become like a lion, which isn't the message. Yeah. So, you're a lion, you're a lion, yeah, I really like this message. You're a lion, I can become like a lion. No, that's not the message. You're a lion, I get it, you're a lion, know, I'm a lion, I'm, I can become like a lion. No, that's yeah. not it. Because the dominant... Uh, identification is in place, you take yourself to be a sheep. So no matter how many times you hear that you're a lion, it's probably going to be digested as, I'm a sheep. Yeah? And therefore, the best I can do with this message is I can become like a lion. But how are you going to become like a lion from the sheep's point of view? So from self this point of view you're going to try to ex- try to become what it, you believe what it would look like to be free from self-centeredness. Yeah? That's the best you can do in the system. The system will mimic what it would think to be free from the system, but it would be in the system. Yeah? So self can't get out of self. That's the great news. Yeah? Because if I'm not that, why is there a need to get out of it? Just like the greatest answer to an imaginary problem is no answer at all. Seriously. <laughs> you know, It's an imaginary problem. Just tell the truth about that and then see what happens. Yeah. And then, I don't know, there's a great old Zen scripture I like a lot. It's like a little sutra called Faith Mind. And I really like that. That statement, because that's what happens, there's faith in mind. Just like right now, you don't have faith in the conditional mind. Most of us who have relied on it, it's failed miserably, yeah? It hasn't defended us against the slings and arrows of life. It's a solution to one problem. All the windows go down, yeah? it shuts down the whole system and then it's very diff- very easy to shut down but difficult to have those windows go back up so you're afraid of being hurt and now you're totally disassociated and like you can't uh, receive or give love in a sense because but, so its defenses have not worked and we're deeply aware of that yeah, and it's produced a deep level of anxiety because we take it to be us and we don't know what else to rely on so we make up gods and stuff like that, but basically the, the god is going to be of your understanding, of self's understanding, which is going to prove not to be reliable again. Yeah? So it's difficult to to entertain faith mind from the conditional mind, because you'll have fear about the faith mind. But if you're not the conditional mind, you, there may be that faith in mind. Well, I have faith in mind, you know. I know uh, no matter what things look like, I know there's a quality that's not being noticed, which is incredibly influential, which is nothingness a presence, if you want to call it spirit. And I find it abounds everywhere, and see, maybe you maybe want to call some of its movements grace, but it's available, yeah? And I've seen it in other people's lives, and I've seen it in mine. So the fear-based uh, reliance on the conditional mind has shifted to, a, like, a faith-based reliance on mind, you know? And that faith produces an ease and comfort. When I used to have faith in the conditional mind, it produced anxiety. If you believe, I have deep faith in your thought system, you're definitely going to experience anxiety, because you're going to be concerned about the future quite a lot, and it's not going to always be held as rosy, you know. You're know, always going to have a lot of uh, concerns that things aren't going to go well for you. And it's difficult to get out of that logic as part of the process. You know? Like a, a product of the mental process can't escape the mental process that makes it, you know. It's just self can't get out of self. So... so uh that's why I love this message, because uh, I had a way of life, I was given a way of life called AA, or recovery, and, uh, but still there was like a weather front over that way of life, you know? Weather fronts are difficult to see, like when I lived in Brooklyn, in the winter there'd be, a, 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 it'd be overcast every day, so it almost like become the norm, so when you looked up, you'd have this, it would be very low-hanging grayness, Yeah? And after a while, it was like that was the sky, but it isn't. It was a weather front, yeah? So in a sense, we recognize clouds easier than weather fronts. But when I got into recovery, this weather front of selfing, or identification of self, was still in place. So I got a lot of relief, but it was still determined by the, this weather front. But then I heard this idea of, you're not that, and it became like an unspoken yes, and then, actually, it's proven to be the last answer that I've ever heard. And that actually recognized or told the truth about the weather front. Yeah? Where the weather front moved, what occurred was a lot of illumination. Yeah? And so, in recovery, they say you want to be open to the sunlight of the spirit. So, in self-centeredness, you believe you're in the room, and in some some sense, you're in the control of the shade that's keeping the light out. Yeah some reason why it's not so bright has to do with you, so this is your position or how it's framed you're in this room, there is light, but there's a shade and therefore the light's not facilitating seeing, is it, you know you, you have this hope and belief there's light but you're not, it's not applicable, you're not seeing it yet. you're actually still looking from self-centeredness, you're coming out of darkness with preconceived ideas and conceptions, and that's the best you can do yeah? Now, in selfing or doing and having, you think, I've got to do something to let that shade go up. What I'm saying is, you're on the other side. Yeah. You're in the light side. You see the shade, but the shade's only stopping the light from moving into this this mental room called self-centeredness. It's not affecting the light of mind. Yeah. And there's no need to pull it up or down because you're on the side of the light. The light doesn't need to rush into you anymore. You're not here. You're not in this preconceived fucking packaged idea of being you. Yeah? The mind has left that idea and now is there. So it sees the shade, it sees the room, yes, but it's not in the room. And it has no need to do and have itself to get out, because it's not in. Yeah. It's just a shift of in a sense of position. Yeah. Or like a, a, a decrease in a mental condition and in sort of, a, not an increase, but an increased awareness of another condition. Let's say mind or spiritual condition, if you want to call it that, right? So the mental condition decreases and then your awareness of the obvious increase of the spiritual condition has an influence here. You travel lighter. Simple as that. Yeah, Throughout your days. And it's so reliable, you don't you don't have to count how you're doing all day. You actually lose interest in in your quote unquote progress. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. <laughs> you're really not that interested in the Paul Hederman report. But you know, <laughs> how's the stocks doing for Paul Hedden? <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about or likes me. It's, <laughs> it's so like when you go to the beach. Looking at the water, is it much different if you're on the throne or on the sand? I don't see much difference. <laughs> I'd rather have it simple. <laughs> a throne brings a lot of responsibility. You had to drive it over there. You gotta have to pick it up and get it off the beach. <laughs> We just share this every week. For, well, it's just like a seed Sun with the hopes that it can help you travel lighter, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the greatest teacher of all. Like uh, someone was talking to me about, let's say you have these conditions and you like to get relief, but you sort of like want to have a promise of getting the relief. But the only way you'll really notice what was driving you crazy is when you notice you've been relieved of it. Yeah, that's how you notice it. Yeah. If you want to have an understanding, what's to, you know, and just stay in that. That's all right, but it's it's not the optimum. The optimum is you know, you'll know the problem from the solution. The solution is relief from that problem. So you know the problem when you get relief from it. You, you get the, you know it because you're not in it anymore. Yeah, you can see it. The seeing hasn't been hijacked into a form of looking. You're actually seeing it, and that's the solution. Yeah. And in the seeing of it, this, from the solution's point of view, there isn't a problem, really. It's just something else to see. Yeah. Yeah? There isn't a problem. It doesn't have an inherent uh, nature of being problematic. It's just that there's been a, The seeing has been co-opted and turned into a form of looking by identification as a self, yeah? When that's seen, it's just another thing being seen, yeah? But the seeing is never, never uh, takes a break. It never blinks. Yeah. It never. uh, It's not like more seeing and less seeing. There's just seeing. Yeah. Like oneness. And as long as you're alive, it's available. So if someone said, "Well, this is what you have to do." then what would arise would be a you that have to do it, you know? So you got to be careful how it's delivered, because almost anything, the mental condition can use it to excite the self thing. Oh, all right, I've got something to practice. So we try to keep it disarmed as much as possible, and just, you know, you came here with nothing, you get nothing, and you'll leave with nothing. Therefore, you can't return it, and I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) You know, really. Keep it easy and hope, you know, everything, if you make it sound really noble, all it does is excite the mind. oh, oh, that would be a nice little gem to have on my left shoulder. Oh, yes. I've done 800. One guy I know sat over 140 10-day retreats. That's an incredible amount of 10-day retreats in one's life. It's almost four years or something, yes. Maybe more by now. That was like... 12 years ago, so he's probably upped it by about 50 by now, because he is in, into it. I mean, it's great, but, uh, you know, geez, when's, when's enough enough? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not enough. You know, maybe I should get on with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like the thing I always use, though, with the car. The car's broken down, and then you take the air filter off if you don't have a new car, (laughs) the old cars. And there's there's a thing called a carburetor back then. And then you uh, put a couple of drops of gas in and you have your friend turning the key and just, and then it fires. That's it. That's the completion. The point is, is to drive, is to live. If you stand there and keep pouring gas in, you're going to flood it. So to me, spirituality isn't something to dwell on all day. It's an invitation, really. Yeah. It's sort of like a primer, or a catalyst, or a hint, or a little, like an invitation. It doesn't need to have... It's not the quality of, the amount of time you spend on it, yeah? And I have faith in mind. Once you can drop the message in, you'll be surprised what the mind can do with it. It can finally get the one thing it hasn't been able to entertain, which is, hey, I'm not that, because it's always been entertaining from being that, yeah, which severely limits its ability to entertain. By the way, yeah, when the mind's ability to entertain is saddled by self-centeredness, it can only entertain entertain anything framed in self-centeredness. So, like, if you're entertained being okay, it's I was okay and I will be okay. It's never I'm okay now. Yeah, it's always based on time and it always has something to do with you you're going to have something to do with you being okay which for me it's the exact opposite it's the absence of you which is the real okayness yeah when you've really lost a lot of interest in you that's the most okay you can be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like you can't be okay to be okay <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. If this was me, I'd never be okay. I'd, be work, I'd have to work on it. First of all, I'd just be in the guilt phase because I realize I haven't worked on it enough. And I'd be coming to the sad conclusion, I'm probably not going to work on it. I'm not buying a ticket to the Himalayas in December to spend three months in a cave. We're probably not going to do that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do 12 hours of meditation in a day. No, probably not. Yeah? I'm not going to do 800 pranams and walk around a statue five thousand three hundred twenty two times. Probably not gonna do that. Well, therefore, you're fucking sh fuck, Paul. You're never gonna arrive where you really need to arrive at. Isn't that the the golden carrot in front of the the horse of selfing? Mm. Mm. One of the biggest ripoffs. And it's an incredible business because it can take lifetimes. <laughs> what a great <laughs> what a to keep you a subscriber. You may you may have to go through lifetimes of, <laughs> of purification. Oh, man, sign me up. Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, really, as a business plan, that's great. Listen, we don't have to deliver the goods in the next 70 years. Don't believe that it may take lifetimes. Let's go. We've got a plan for you. Send us $500 we'll send you a text every week that's in short to open your mind but just a little (laughs) and then another one a little more but it's going to take a lot of time and effort on your part and finances (laughs) I had enough with that one day I just said, pocket man you know I'm just going to stop and see what happens and the sky didn't fall down and uh, I realized when I walked into a meeting I felt this basically like the same Raw condition was there when I was in the meeting, and the same when I left the meeting. Yeah, it was always the same. There's onness all the time I'm living. Yeah, why not pay attention to that a little bit? Yeah. So yes. And then don't fall for the, you know, you can get into the moment more. Give me a break. How much leeway of mental masturbation does that give you? Fucking, okay, I'm not in as much as I could be. I'm not as much I could really be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go incessantly on and on and on. I swear to God, then I'll get. To, I'll, to, I can really, really be in the moment. That's the second edition, and then mm-hmm. I can really, really, really be in the moment. <laughs> and then the fourth edition is you're in the moment. <laughs> And then the fifth edition. You're back out of the moment. <laughs> now we've got to start with the first book. Get in the moment again. <laughs> Who's going to play God with you being in and out of the moment? The fucking self thing, isn't it? Yeah. The thing that you want to get relief from will d- be dictating where and how you're going to get relief. Come on. Yeah. You can't see the awful Lord? Look up. Yeah. I can see. It's pissing on us right now. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Really, it's like a form of slavery. It is. Yeah. It's a form of mental slavery. You're always an urban renewal project. There's no point where you're going to reach a uh, where everything is fine. There's always going to be more additions, and then maybe you'll be okay, but the next new book comes out. And you're not okay because, you know, there's farther places to go. What's so wrong about being here now? Yeah. Why, why do I need a master plan of how Saturday is going to increase my progressive state by next Saturday? Why not, hey, this is an opportunity, you know, just like any other opportunity to not do anything. Yeah? You'll pay for it. When we get my mental accountant when I get home, what did you do today? Nothing of value. <laughs> You're convicted. You're not going to enjoy anything for a day and a half. how much No. No movies for you. We're like the soup Nazis. No movies for you. You know? Who's playing God there? Who's the final counsel? You. Yeah. Who's the Greek oracle? You. Who's the gut thing playing God? You. With God. Maybe question that. When you question that, all those imaginary hooks you seem to try to have to wiggle off, but then the wiggling off one is the being on the other. You know, you can never escape this little land of hooks. Then there's if something happens, you just drop free. And the biggest hook of all is you. So, yeah. All right. Any questions? No, great. Any <laughs> questions?